is up in the north where they haven't seen the sun for about a month and a half. And they won't see the sun again for another month and a half. So uh, this is going to be some interesting talk here. And uh, I, uh, yeah, my name is Augie and my uh, co-host, uh, Nori, she is still on sabbatical and she'll be back here after Christmas. So uh, we're going to look forward to that. We're also transmitting on the Cosmic Awakening Network. And because of them, we are also on Roku, three TV stations, and a bunch of other places, and a horde of social media platforms. So we are getting out to the thousands. And uh, before I introduce the guest, uh, I will uh, also tell you how you can connect with us. We, uh, we are just about everywhere. You can send us a message from everywhere. And uh, also, we can, uh, if you go to broadcastteamalpha.com, you can also send us a message from there. I will get it and we will answer you. And uh, by the way, if you are at broadcastteamalpha.com, go into the picture gallery and enjoy yourself for the next three weeks because there is over 5,000 pictures of things that should not exist, but it does. That could turn interesting for you. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you're doing the right thing because that's the best way to see us because there we're also able to uh, monitor the uh, chat room. And I think uh, Mike's going to help us out there since uh, multitasking here is not my thing. And uh, while, while you're there, then just please subscribe and click the bell if you like what we're talking about. And of course, if you don't like it, do it anyway. <laughs> and uh, I, um, I also want to say that Nori and I put together a spiritual think tank where we do some incredible things. It seems like we are reaching into the quantum existence and create out of seemingly nothing sometimes, and it shows up in the physical with us. And uh, there is a way to do that. There is some science behind it, and that's why it works most of the time for us. So. Uh, if you want to be part of something that is really bigger than yourself, send us an email to themastermindconnection at gmail.com. And uh, I'll get the message and I'll answer you. And maybe you can come and uh, sit in and observe and see if you like it. Anyway, I want to introduce the guest to you. His name is Ande Zombie. And Andy grew up near a small village called Sirmba. Uh, it's in the northern part of Norway, right on the Finnish border. And he was raised in a reindeer herding family. And I guess maybe that would be called a, a Laplander, probably wouldn't. Uh, I'm close on this, and maybe not. And uh, he's also a native Sami. And he speaks the traditional language, and he does a traditional type of folk song called Joiking in that language. And uh, we didn't talk about this, but maybe I could twist his arm and get him to do a little Joiking song for us towards the end of the show, too, if he dares to. It, there's, there's a global audience here. 
And uh, she has traveled extensively in the United States and Canada and uh, promoting the cause of indigenous people. And also on his travel to have a little fun, he also do a little singing with the joiking uh, traditional songs. And uh, to safeguard his heritage, he became a lawyer and he was teaching law at the... Um, the the law facility at North that's the Norwegian Arctic University, and uh, I met him once. I think it was the year two thousand, right here in Tucson, because I think he came on an exchange program where he came here to talk about uh, probably, well, it was the, the law school. So imagine there were legal issues involved maybe in indigenous things. Uh, I'm going to get him to uh, explain a little more about that because then somebody from here probably went to Norway and talked about similar things. And uh, that's how I met him here in Tucson in the year 2000. In fact, we met at a party. It was right on campus at the university. And uh, I found out about him. And then I went there, you know, and we got acquainted and we decided that we were going to do a TV show. So I invited him on to uh, one of my TV shows that I was doing in Tucson. And uh, we did uh, we did a show. And now I'm hearing from him that we also have a Swede with us on the on that show. I, I don't know what he was doing there, but he, he was there. So anyway, that was uh, that was an interesting uh, event. And uh, boy, was it an interesting party where we met too. Some of the students that were there, they got drunk really early in the evening. So uh, they had a lot of fun. And uh, I would then say, welcome uh, to Programme Award. For those of you that didn't understand that, I welcomed him to our show. <laughs> Hey, Alda. You can hear me okay? I can hear you okay. There you are. Now that's good. That is good. Yeah. Uh, I ever so often I still think about that meeting we had here in Tucson. Because, it, you know, having somebody from your own country come over to visit, that is a big deal for us Norwegians or from anybody from their own country. So uh, I really uh, appreciated that you went that t did that TV show with me too. And uh, now we're doing another one. I'm very happy for that. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Now, I mentioned earlier that you haven't seen the sun for a while. Then how... Now, you moved a little bit further south, I think, now than where you grew up, right? Yes, I grew up on the 70th latitude. Uh, oh. So I moved a little bit south. Uh, so now I'm living on 69.84 latitude. You know, we who live uh, in the Arctic, we are very focused on which latitude we are on. <laughs> so, uh, so my village where I come from is slightly, uh, slightly further north than yeah. the city where I live now. Yeah. But, but it's not very much though. Yeah. 
but then uh, you are teaching law at that uh, Norwegian Arctic University now, huh? Yes, we have a, a faculty of, of law here and uh, and we teach um, students. We have uh, uh, approximately 1000 law students uh, in total mm -hmm. in the faculty. Oh. And every year, uh, like uh, uh, 120 uh, students uh, graduate yeah. uh, and become new lawyers and and mm -hmm. and judges and and prosecutors oh and so on oh so <laughs> yeah yeah hey uh when you live that far north and there's total darkness for about three months i mean sunlight is necessary for us to live how does that affect you when you are we don't see the sun well, we live uh, inside a beautiful painting because uh, it's not um, like totally dark, uh, but uh, we we see the um, the sun um, like um, visiting us, and then we see a lot of beauty in the sky, and the colors really dance there. So. So it's um, it's a um, life uh, full of aesthetic uh, joy mm. um, to be here, and I think that uh, because we have traditionally this very colorful clothing, uh, Sami clothing, so I I have uh, been thinking that uh, it's perhaps uh, these vivid colors that we we live uh, inside that um, are um, sort of reflected in 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 our. Uh, yeah. in our clothings and 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 uh, in this um, enjoyment of of the aesthetics of mm -hmm. of, of being yeah. in this in this time and it's a wonderful time because uh, it's also a very meditative time you you um, the you perceive that uh, the time is not running that fast so, so then you can think, uh, think uh, also through uh, slow thoughts that you can go deep into a thought and and so on. But mm. a little bit unfortunately for us, uh, the people who have been been writing about uh, this time, which is called Skapma, this uh, it has a name. Mm. Um, they are not children of, of uh, that time. So they have been focusing on the pathological sides of that, that it, it creates depressions and so on. But in, in our view, it creates uh, a, a kind of meditative consciousness. Uh, okay, yeah, I bet that helps. That helps to have that. And I see... Uh, you have the clothing of the Sami, you have the jacket, and you have the three-pointed hat, and you, you look like the real deal, so that's good. <laughs> now, you grew up in a reindeer-herding family. Does uh, that also mean that you were moving around the, uh, the tundra or the, the prairie up there in the summer in tents, and you lived in tents as you were moving around? 
Yes, that's correct. We, uh, we lived. Uh, so I uh, I grew up in a in a nomadic family, and in the in the time of, of summer we used to 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 move to the coast um, because the reindeers they they uh, they love the the salt water and the plants that uh, that grow yeah. and near the coast. Mm-hmm. So uh, so. Uh, and that is the the place where all the grass were were so tall. So I was in a jungle, and later on I understood that it was it was because I was so small when. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. I was I was running there, but but I have been to beautiful jungles, and 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 I have this. Uh, gift this present of life that uh, I uh, I memorize um, uh, from my very early childhood so so I have a, yeah. a memory that I carry that memory and and all these perceptions and, yeah, that's and good. experiences mm-hmm. yeah I, I like to get you to talk a little bit about uh, the indigenous people around the world, what they believe in and what they do and so on. But I want to ask you something first, that it's it's big part of my oh hunger for knowledge. And that is when you travel around the, the tundra of the northern part of Norway, did you ever see anything in the sky or somewhere maybe on the ground that you could not explain or could not be explained by science. I'm thinking UFOs, I'm thinking yeah. little little people. Yeah, yeah, I have always been a person uh, and I was, uh, uh, as a child, I was also a, a person who was walking with spirits. So that meant in a practical sense that when I had been playing out uh, and was coming home, then then my spirits would uh, arrive first so that my my family will would uh, hear hear that my my uh, spirits uh, came there. And then like 20 minutes later, they would hear the same sounds again and then it was uh, the physical me that uh, oh. that, that came um and um, and uh, i i still uh, i still do that uh, we we call that uh, that uh, we have this um, saying in in sami that there are two things that always follow you in life the one is the the shadow, and the other is the veika. We call it the veika, and the veika you will typically see uh, also um, when when you see your your image in the mirror. That's your veika, but in mm-hmm. in Sami in Sami thinking, uh, people can see your veika uh, also. Um, in other contexts, uh, so mm. here in October I was traveling, and I was rushing to the airport in Oslo, 
on my way back to, to Tromsø, it takes one and a half hour to, to fly from Oslo, the capital of Norway, and to Tromsø. And then uh, <clears throat> my brother was also at the, the airport, and, and I was in a, um, a little bit worried that I wouldn't make it to the plane because the bus was so, uh, so late. And then my brother called me and, and said, uh, so, so where did you go? Uh, and I said, well, I'm sitting, still sitting in this bus here. But my brother said that, but I saw you uh, walking here. And then I said that, oh, oh, how wonderful. That means that my vehicle, my spirit has been clearing the way for me. So when I, when I come, then I will make it to the plane. And that was exactly what happened. I came in the last minute and I rushed through the, through the security and right into the plane. Um, and I, I thanked my, my spirit that had been there clearing the way for me. So, so it's, um, it's a very um, vibrant and, and uh, yeah. living, yeah. living tradition. So, uh, so I have, uh, I have like, I have three spirits uh, whom I uh, always travel with and it, and I respect them very much. So I was in Venice, uh, this last uh, summer and uh -huh. I was supposed to be picked up by by uh, a, a water taxi there and then the water taxi came there and he said that uh, so you are alone and i uh, because i respect my spirits then i said that uh, well it's me and my spirits uh, me and my three spirits here we have, we are the ones <laughs> And, and he probably took that as a joke, but... Uh, was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he charge you for three people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have this perception that people are never as serious as when they are joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be. I'm wondering also, there is a lot of folklore about little people. I mean, these are maybe 30 centimeter tall people or less in the far northern part of the wilderness of Norway, as well also as giants. Have you ever heard anything about these myths that you can talk about or, or seen one? Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the Gatnit, the, the people under, under uh, the ground, Sometimes they are little, and but uh, other times they are uh, in in regular human size, mm -hmm. um, and and they uh, they live in, in under the ground, and and in Sami tradition, we honor them and we are grateful uh, to them for two things. Well, uh, the first thing is that they were the ones who taught us reindeer herding, the art of reindeer herding, the practice of reindeer herding, because they taught us how we should communicate with the with the reindeers, mm -hmm. uh, sort of taught us the human reindeer language. Uh, and the other thing that they gave us are uh, the, 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 the yoiks, the songs. 
so so even today we used to say when people are very good at at joiking uh, we used to say that this person joiks as an underground uh, oh, person okay. <laughs> and it's so uh, in so so fun contrast uh, when people really sing beautifully then you say that pe uh, he or she sings like an angel but we say he or she yoiks like an underground <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. so that means that that you have the power of the earth the wisdom of the earth of the earth mm -hmm. um, um, included in the energy of the song Mm, yeah. What about the spiritual beliefs of uh, the Sami or the other, of, or any other um, indigenous tribe that you can talk about? I know the, some of them, they think they have one god, maybe one have many gods, or it's just somebody, like maybe the Native Americans, they talked about nature. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, in, in our tradition, we have uh, almost like the, the same system as the Greeks that uh, and the Romans that we have a pantheon of of gods that there are there is a society of gods, mm -hmm. and that you have to to um, relate yourself to to the different gods, uh, the, the god for hunting, the god for wind, and, and the god for fertility, and, and, and so on. So, um, um, and then we have this thinking, uh, what is characteristic for our thinking is that we have this idea of transformation, that a human can transform into an animal, and then transform back again. Uh, oh. So, so it is almost like, um, and since we have that, uh, then, then um, it becomes a little bit similar. Uh, you have heard about the the Taoistic uh, monk yeah. who was say, saying that uh, that uh, last night I dreamt that I was a butterfly. And now I don't know whether I'm a butterfly who is dreaming that I'm a human. So you have this, uh, you have this, um, yeah, this, uh, and that is so helpful uh, for, for example, for for uh, empathy for for uh, because the moment you don't really know in uh, deeply, you don't know whether you are uh, only a human or if you are a, a a wolf a mosquito a human and and all the species because that creates empathy for you think then what will what will the mosquito on, in me say to this and mm -hmm. and what will the wolf in me say to that and and and, and what about the 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 trout what will it say yeah yeah what oh, are they uh, what are your spiritual practice 
Are there anything that they uh, believe happens after we drop the body or after we die? What what do they see happen afterwards? Well, um, we have like uh, five um, worlds that we travel, and the shaman used to to travel between these worlds and 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 give messages and so on mm -hmm. um, but we have this uh, this um, spiritual um, belief that that uh, you always have spirits around you so for i use for example i travel uh, a lot and it means that i come into hot uh, new a new hotel room and the first thing i used to do when i open the hotel room then i would used to say that, hello, my name is Ante, and I will be st uh, staying here for two nights. And then I tell what uh, what kind of seminar or, or meeting I'm there for. And then I say that, uh, uh, that uh, and I come with peace. And I'm also very interested in, in a peaceful relationship uh, with the spirits who are here in this room. But if you need to talk uh, to me, then you are most welcome to, to do that. Uh, and then I used to, uh, because uh, I can never know if somebody was raped in that hotel room or if somebody was killed there or if bad things happened there in that room. So, so uh, this little everyday ritual used to sort of clean the air and then I also get the space for for my spirits uh, who are traveling with me that they get along with the spirits that are already in the room and 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 maybe some of those spirits are a little bit traumatized so mm -hmm. but uh, I used to think about spirits that uh, that, uh, that that it's almost like with fellow human beings that if you don't deliver attention and care then you then you um, then the energy will be be bad yeah. but as long as you are conscious about that uh, you talk to the spirits and you you ask if if things are okay uh, then uh, then uh, the energy will will be uh, very much better so so it means that this shamanistic traditions they are um, it is possible and and it's also good to bring them into the to the very high-tech world where where you have airports and hotels and and computers yeah. and, and everything else so uh, and i think that attitude to to life that the spirits carry with them is a very uh, yeah good i thing. think i think also that the spirits that may be in that hotel room they also have adjusted to the hotel room the airport and the technology is somewhat so they have also learned a few things while they were in spirit forms. So they are better to understand when you talk about technology, possibly, or these things. 
and chances are they've been around for a very long time. I, I know they're there because I, in the house here, I see them. We have something called shadow people. I see them right off my, the 90 degrees they were on my eyes. When I look over there, they're gone. But I can see them, they're kind of like tall shadows. I see them moving around a little bit. I know they're there and you can talk to them. Yes, yes, you can. And they can be very helpful also. For example, yeah. um, with me, who is pretty confident with, with them. So um, I was in a hotel room and then then a, a cable started to, to sort of move by itself. And then I noticed that uh, well, my cell phone was uh, running out of, of uh, the, the battery was running out of my cell phone. So then I thanked the spirit. I, I said that, oh, thank you so much, because uh, if you hadn't uh, alerted me that I had to, to, to charge my phone, then, then I wouldn't have, <laughs> have yeah. noticed that. So, so um, they are, they are very helpful, but uh, your part of the deal is uh, to see them and to talk with them and to so like me with the water taxi there that you have to also to stand up for them yeah sometimes yeah they could use that they could use help too we're not yeah. the only ones that need help yeah that's but, for sure. um, i see now we are at the, the bottom of the hour and after the for those of you that joined us late, we are talking with Anders Sombi. He is from the northern part of Norway. He is a Sami and he grew up in a reindeer herding family. And we are having story time because this this is interesting. I uh, we get we got on the subject of spirituality and spirit, and uh, Norway is full of those traditions and the stories about it so we are having a little bit of that and uh, stay with us and uh, if you like what you hear just uh, make sure you click the uh, the subscribe button and the bell next to it and the uh, super chat is open so we also appreciate you if you will support us there so thank you now i got one more question before we get into the uh, the uh, indigenous people and their plight and what can be done to help them and that is that now you have been out in nature an awful lot did you ever see anything in the sky that shouldn't be there something flying around without wings or anything yeah you know we have uh, we have uh, night skies uh, with uh, zero um, light pollution so when we, for example, take a walk, uh, then you see the the night sky. So yeah. uh, and uh, and there are uh, things uh, moving there, and there are also old old stories about things moving there. So so uh, that move in a in a different way than than other bodies of, of the sky. But yeah. but they have uh, they have been been there maybe from the time before us and they will maybe be there in the time after 
after that we humans have been yeah. visiting this planet yeah so uh, so that is a uh, that is a an a natural thing um yeah. and and uh, there are of course some favorite uh, favorite places for example uh, uh, the little village <clears throat> angel that is uh, almost called angel angel <laughs> um it's um further up in the river because i i live next to a big river and and further up um, in the river there is this little village angel and angel is is known for for that uh, they have uh, mm -hmm. also a little uh, closer contact with with the with the, this uh, things who are uh, working doing their work we, we think yeah. Yeah, there's always work to do, and uh, yeah, for for the benefit of the ones that join us late, you are living in a part of the world where it's three months of total darkness. There is no sunlight, but then again, in the summer, you don't have any dark. You got all sunlight, and I have been up there in the northern part of the country. I've seen the midnight sun. The sun goes down to the horizon, just stay there for a little bit and come right back up again. It is quite a sight. And uh, for the benefit of the flat earthers, I would say, how can you explain that? Why does the sun, the sunlight, is that 24 hours a day? Oh, yeah. The sun stops, I imagine, on the other side, and then it's just, yeah, okay, that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, I just couldn't help it. I had to do that. Yeah. And, uh, now, there are other tribes that you have visited with, and uh, there are plights around the world. There are a lot of discrimination. And in fact, uh, when I grew up back in Norway, I read about those things of things that happened to other people, like the gypsies. They are still they're still discriminated enormously of them. If they leave Romania and go into Germany, they are treated like secondhand people. And then South America, the same way, there is places in the jungle where the native or the indigenous people are being exterminated en masse and then they burn the forest down so they have the survivors have nowhere to go what can be done to help these people well uh, you know i was uh, sent to a boarding school when i was 12 years old Mm -hmm. And I became so angry there. So I got the two callings in life that I have been following. The, the one calling was that uh, because at that time it was um, a risk that our traditional songs would disappear. And I uh, thought that, well, they might disappear, but they will not disappear in my watch. Yeah. So I, I will be here for the songs. And the second thing was that 
I was so angry because I had to leave my village and my home and into the, the bureaucracy of a boarding school. Um, so I be, uh, decided that I will become a lawyer because nobody troubles makes uh, trouble with a lawyer. And, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, from then, uh, from those decisions, I also became focused on, on, on law and indigenous law has been the, the subject that I have been researching on and I have been teaching in. Uh, because I think that uh, uh, law is sort of uh, um, the thing that uh, um, that one can uh, one can uh, try to solve the most difficult problems in a peaceful way that we don't end up killing yeah. each other and and being killed. So I. I think that even if law is not perfect, so then law is uh, what we can have. And, and therefore, I used to teach uh, law every day and, and uh, also attend um, international indigenous seminars and, and teach indigenous uh, <clears throat> politicians about uh, indigenous law and 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 showing them how that instrument can work and and mm -hmm. and how one can be uh, when one can be optimistic optimistic and when one has to be a little bit pessimistic and 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 so on so um i think that uh, law is the floor of uh, civilization if you go further down than the law than law then you are not a civilization anymore. And yeah. civilization is the thing that we humans can, can give to each other and give to uh, the generations that come after us. Yeah. So, uh, um, and I, I think the law creates yeah. the society. That gives yes. them the floor to build a society on. And you mentioned that it is not perfect. Uh, uh, as of today, there is no such thing as a perfect law in any country, but there is a law, and that is natural law. That is probably as close to perfect, unless you twist it by interpretation. It should be as close to perfect law as you could get. Am I on to something here, or is it? Yeah, yeah, you know, natural law is, is very interesting. And I used to test my students. Uh, I used to uh, tell them a story. I used to say that, uh, well, as I'm lecturing for you here, then there is this little fly in the window. And I, I catch that little fly. And then I rip a leg out of the, the little fly. Uh, and then I say, uh, is it okay? The thing is that uh, in at least in Norwegian legislation, flies are not protected by law. In um, in contrast to, to animals are protected by law, that you can't have cruelty against animals, but you, you can have cruelty against uh, insects. Mm. And then I used to ask the 
students, is that okay? Or is, does this little fly have some integrity that I can't violate? Um, does such a little being have some dignity and integrity, something that I can't violate? And that is uh, sort of the, the, the Sami way of thinking about integrity that, uh, that yeah. uh, the natural law implies that uh, everything has integrity, even, even this little fly that was so unfortunate ended up in this window where I was lecturing. <laughs> mm. Now that brings up a subject that we need to think about. There are other creatures that do not have rights at all. And uh, even plants and like that fly, of course, you know, in the summer, there's so many of them, you know, you can't, it, it would, would not be enforceable to even do this. But of course, uh, now, of course, with all the spraying from the sky and the, uh, the chemtrails and everything, there aren't that many flies left. But on the other hand, we should, I have been known to, if I find a bee in the house, I catch her or just kind of usher her towards the door instead of killing her. So we should be more concerned about this. Uh, sure. You know, in the Sami tradition, we have, for example, a special relationship with the spiders. One, mm. For one thing... Uh, to have a spider is almost like having a cat that <laughs> the spider takes care of the mosquitoes and the flies in the house um, but uh, we also have in our tradition that uh, that uh, because we have been living uh, so far north and then uh, the, it's easy to travel on snow so then people have been uh, coming to our villages and 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 rob us both in the uh, in the first in the winter time and then also in the summertime and then the, there is this story about uh, um, a little boy who is caught by these robbers and then he runs um, and tries to hide uh, in a little stone cave and there comes the spider and makes the net a net so that the robbers do not believe that there is somebody there. And since then, since that story, then there is a peace treaty between uh, our Sami people and the spider. So every time we have a spider in the house, if, if one is annoyed by the spider, then one takes the spider on a paper and carries it out and says to the spider, thank you so much for visiting. And we are still grateful for that you helped us that time. <laughs> so it's a ritual that we, we, uh -huh. we used to practice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. And uh, imagine there are, um, when I mentioned the South American tribes that is being exterminated, uh, have you looked into that and 
maybe some of the causes. Well, we know the causes are probably profit, you know. But what what can you say about that? Yeah, the, the only thing that we as uh, lawyers can do is that we can uh, come with the human rights, mm -hmm. uh, the, the human rights apparatus. And, and that's not a small thing um, to, to have uh, because uh, it, can, it can make a difference even in, in pretty brutal um, societies that, uh, for example, companies will often be um, dependent on their reputation. So, so if, the, if the reputation is stained by, by uh, human rights violations uh, down the road, then, then uh, companies can be, be uh, sensitive for that and governments can be sensitive for, for for that, so so uh, I used to think that uh, shame is such an important part of civilization because yeah. if you own shame, then you you carry the the, <clears throat> the most basic and important norms, the norms that we we are taught when we are in the kindergarten and when we are small, that we shall keep. Um, we shall respect others' uh, physical dignity and, and that we shall uh, keep our promises and, and so on. That's yeah. what we learn at the age of, of uh, four, five, six. Yeah, but you being in Norway, and in order to implement the Human Rights Treaty of 1966, I know Brazil did sign on to that Human Rights Treaty. And I think Norway did. So I think there's a way to implement that and enforce that. If you can have the evidence at the other end that there were violations, you can take it through. In fact, bring that up, bring up that jurisdiction, take it to both the United Nations, which is basically just a talking club. But you can also enforce something through Interpol. This is difficult to do. But do you think something like that could be done? Yes, uh, because human rights and law are the only civilized instruments that we have, but they are vulnerable. Yeah. For example, in Norway, we now have a very unfortunate situation, and that is that, um, that uh, the Norwegian government was found in violation of uh, yeah. human rights the the convention on civil and political rights as you say um, ratified in 1966 and then the norwegian supreme court found that the government was in violation and it's uh, almost um, uh, uh, Two years has passed since uh, since the decision was made, and the, the government has uh, still not enforced uh, what 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 it was about. It was about uh, some windmills that were uh, you know they used to uh, they tried to 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 um, 
convince people that windmills are so so green and and uh, and in friendly for the environment but the truth is that they leak a lot of poisonous oil into the to the ground and you have to build a lot of roads and where were the minerals taken from so if you make a calculus of how green they are then they are not green at all so we have like 217 windmills that were were uh, built on uh, a reindeer herding land and then the, that was litigated in the court system yeah. and the Norwegian Supreme Court concluded that that there were this, violation yeah it was a violation and still uh, the government has not uh, enforced them and we are so much uh, it is a crisis uh, um, in in our society because uh, um, we have ha been living under the myth that that we have a society that is based on rule of law but now yeah. <laughs> but now we are questioning more and more that, that are we living in a society that is ruled by its rule of lobby that's um, that's um, determining yep. that these windmills, these uh, 247 windmills, still are standing and rolling two years after the Norwegian Supreme Court found that that they were in violation. So, so, uh, but I think that uh, even if we have this type of crisis, um, then uh, law is uh, is. Uh, the instrument that we can try to 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 talk through and and, and try to to see so uh, i think that the, the new administration in in brazil is is not as bad as the former administration was uh, um, both against nature and and against the indigenous peoples um, yeah. So, uh, so there is uh, there is also even if the situation is is um, dark, then there is also hope. Like we have this time of darkness now, but we see a lot of beautiful colors in the sky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think also that uh, that is a functional government because when the government gets caught doing something illegal nothing happens because and nobody goes to jail whoever does it within government should be sent to prison because they stepped beyond their delegated authority and that is a crime which they have to answer for well they should but it doesn't because the concept that when everybody is responsible for everything ultimately nobody is responsible for anything that's yeah, where we that, are. That that is a that is a a, a crisis uh, that that we are we are in. Um, so uh, so, uh, but um, since <laughs> let me uh, let me let me ask yourself, and you being a lawyer, you know, when you look at what governments are doing around the world, they're screwing up everything they touch. People are being violated right and left, murdered right and left. 
I think government have had their chance. They should be done away with. There should be a resource management system emerging to take their place and then leave people alone to do their own thing with unlimited possibility of, like it says in the Constitution of the United States of America, that, you know, pursuit of happiness. What do you think of that one? <laughs> yes, that that would be. Yeah, but uh, but um, as as we are configured, um, then there will always be strong and weak people. Yeah, and uh, and if the strong ones are very happy, then it doesn't imply automatically that the weak ones also are are happy. Yeah. So, so, um, so somehow we we need a kind of uh, an organized society, and the best thing that we have in the in the moment is is uh, that we have rules that uh, that govern. Uh, rules are based uh, on texts uh, that are written on paper, and and. At the, as we speak now, then we are in a very interesting time of transition that uh, the, the systems are changing, like uh, the, um, the uh, artificial intelligence is, is knocking on humanity's door. Yeah. And, we, and we don't know um, what the implications could be. Maybe they could be very beautiful maybe they can be very ugly but but that is something that we have to 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 step uh, into and perhaps uh, something will happen with the rules that are not uh, written on paper but but are in this uh, in a different uh, system so so maybe for example the rule of uniformity that everybody should be treated identical it can be an a matter of information economy that that uh, we have just so much paper that we can yeah. write on but if we then get get more space to write on then there could be uh, particular rules for, for that are adjusted to you and particular rules that are adjusted to me like tailored that we would be step out of of uh, yeah. that yeah. everybody has are uniformed, that that uh, everybody has tailored a tailored yeah. system, but uh, but but we don't know what's coming. But it could be that uh, that something like that will will appear, and and then we will have to think about and try to find good ways so that it shall be nice to be a human and and for yeah. i personally think that it also should be nice to be a mosquito <laughs> yeah there you go and um, i think though that we need to think ahead on this one because if the um, ai gets ahead of us then we could be done for like has heaven that has happened other places in space so 
And when we are thinking about this now, and uh, the natives American, the natives Europeans, the uh, the gypsies and the Cossacks and the South American Indians and everywhere, they are living a lot closer to the earth. They have shamans to guide their uh, both spiritual and physical existence into something that is much better than what we have. Look at what we have. <clears throat> if you go to the grocery store, 90% of the, all the food in the grocery store did not exist 100 years ago. And 90% of all the diseases in the world did not exist 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. There's a connection there because we are being fed poisons and crap that we should not it, it doesn't qualify to be food when you put you get buy a hamburger at some i shouldn't say the name i get sued but buy a hamburger at a fast food place and leave it in the cabinet for two years and you take it out and it's fresh you can eat it what in the world was done to it this is one thing that is unknown to the indigenous people they live much more healthier. And that is probably also why they live longer, don't you think? You know, the, the relationship to food is, is very uh, important because we can also look at food as a kind of communication. We, we communicate through, through mm -hmm. uh, food. Um, and, uh, and in an indigenous context, uh, you know which animal uh, and which plant you get this uh, this meal from, and and when you know that, then you also um, are uh, able to to send the gratitude to the plant to the to the animal. Um, we have this story that, uh, for example, of between the reindeer and the, the, the reindeer herder. Um, it's in the Sami dream time, in our dream time, when, when um, animals and humans have the same language. And then the reindeer says that, uh, I know that my destiny is to carry all this meat. Um, but the wolf is tearing me so badly apart and and I have to to die in fear. So yeah. if you promise if you promise me two things that uh, uh, I give the most expensive thing that I have, which is my life. And um, in that, um, therefore, you have to use everything that I leave behind me, you have to use it to something useful. So we used to eat the meat, we used to make uh, things out of the bones, we used yeah. to make thread of the scenes and clothes of the skin and, and so on, and the antlers uh, are used so and every time we use uh, then we sort of pay back this uh, this debt that we have to to the yeah. to the reindeer um 
and also uh, that uh, that when a reindeer is killed it shall never never have fear uh, yeah it 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 shall be a friendly but a very quick process yeah yeah um so and it is uh, it is this dilemma that we because i don't understand that with my uh, head that because we live in the in the, in a principle in a merciless principle that the merciless that we have to consume something in order to to be alive and to be a predator that is sorry for killing is is uh, such a, a destiny that we as humans we have that and we have to organize that that mm. pain that that uh, sorrow and and we can do that uh, in in different ways this met me i was like uh, uh, five six years old and then um, my my uh, parents uh, woke me up because I was crying and then they asked me what are you crying and I said that I I'm crying because I dreamt that we were killing all the small reindeer calves that are just born and they said that no, no, and we are not killing any reindeer calves. But as the the time went on, and the time for slaughtering came, then the reindeer calves were killed. But I I have been thinking a lot about that because I was sort of maybe preparing myself yeah. for for that uh, because we have to. Since we have this, we live in this human body, and and we have to consume something. Then, then, then we have to to be in that situation, and then we can organize that by by knowing what we eat. And we have this thinking that that you become what you eat. So if you eat yeah. clean, and you you process your food. With with love, then the 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 love will will sort of follow the food, and and it will it will be uh, followed to the person who who gets that. So mm -hmm. so it's uh, we have a lot of thinking about. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Well, I see we are down to the end of the show here. This was fun, Andre. I'm glad you came on. So we could have this talk. This Thank was you good. So much for having me. Yeah, this was good. And uh, for those of you out there listening now, uh, just come on back next week, and we're going to have another good show for you. And I thank you very much, Andre, for being with us. And uh, I'll send you a link here as soon as we get it all formatted for you. Thank you very much. <laughs>